0: On today's episode of the Homes Real Estate Podcast, five things that you need to know about how to offer on a home. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Homes Real Estate Podcast. I am Peter Turing. And I'm Chris Van Bell. All right. And today we are talking about five things that you need to know about how to make an offer on a home. So number one, uh, we, we assume that you have found a home. Uh, right. otherwise I'm not sure why you're listening to this no I'm just kidding uh, this is this is actually a great thing to know before you even start looking for a home and before you say well why do I need to know how to offer before I even start looking for a home it's very simple because we want you to be as educated as possible once you get to that point of the process you're Right,
1: not- and we also want to incre- increase your chance especially in a multiple bidding situation of your offer standing out and you getting the home absolutely so
0: let's start off with the number one thing which is your price,
1: yeah. Price is the first thing anybody's going to see, whether it's the agent or the seller. They're going to see the price, and there's a few things we're going to mix into there, whether you have concessions or otherwise. But the price, you want to make sure it's strong in today's market.
0: Yep. And so the big question we get is, well, how do I know if I'm offering the right price? Is the list? Do I go off the list price? What do I go off of? How do you, uh, you know, put together a good price on a property?
1: Yeah, and there is no right answer there's so many different variables variables that go into it is it a super hot listing did you walk in behind four other agents with three more behind you or is it something that's been stale on the market or uh, it could be a whole bunch of variable things
0: yeah but the i think the the biggest thing that we i on an average property we start with uh pulling some comparables similar to if you were selling your property uh we we take a look at what's sold in the area what's active what's you know like chris said what are the market conditions surrounding that house uh and that's how we put together a price now that being said whether you love a house or or not even if it's this is something i see a lot well it's under my budget i can offer way more well we need to make sure that this house appraises oh
1: always um and that's another thing. Well, we'll just go 5, 10 grand above above the asking price. Well, that's not always going to work, and especially right. if you throw the concessions in there too.
0: Well, let's offer more but because we need concessions. It still has to appraise. Yep. And now that actually brings us to point number 2, which is our terms. So, as Chris mentioned, one of the terms that can be in there's do you need concessions? Concessions are we have a whole series of podcasts on concessions and closing mm-hmm. costs. Uh, do you need help with closing? Also, uh, you know what is the uh, occupancy that you are you know do you need does the seller need occupancy do you need immediate occupancy? Uh, what is your inspection period like right and that that can be absolutely huge especially if you're in a competitive
1: bidding situation yeah. where if you say, hey, I'll give you 30 days of free occupancy or or whatever yeah that just sweetened your deal
0: yeah also you can do uh, obviously we never ever recommend uh removing appraisal or inspection contingencies. I I right. think it is just the I think it is I don't think that I've ever run into a house that it has been worth me removing either those contingencies for.
1: Well with the appraisal contingency if I'm receiving an offer and mm-hmm. somebody's gonna go five ten fifteen thousand over asking price, you better bet I'm gonna tell them you better not have that appraisal contingency in there. If you're if you're gonna throw it out there that you want to come in that far over don't play that game where you expect it to appraise lower, and now you're going to
0: negotiate down. Yeah, the only situation there is we just had a uh, a scenario actually with a buyer where a house was deliberately underpriced by. We actually talked about it by yeah. like fifteen or twenty grand. Yep, we knew that house was going to appraise fifteen or twenty grand over. So you know, in that in that case, uh, you know, and and that I think makes the appraisal contingency even more important there because now you have a property that was deliberately basically underpriced. You're coming in way over, and now that you know, is the appraiser going to? Really look at the uh, the value, or are they going to uh, just try to justify that purchase price or that that listing price? You can get into a swap there. Yeah, pretty well, easily.
1: and and if we're writing the offer, and somebody's like, well, I want to pay X Y Z over, I'll, I'll say, you know what, let's cap this thing. Yeah, you know, at where it can reasonably appraise absolutely yeah or or put you know i'll pay up to twenty five hundred dollars above appraised value make sure the money's there all that other good stuff but you know
0: the the other thing too that you can do is again we never recommend removing the inspection contingency but what you can do i've done this certainly is uh inspection is either for information purpose only or inspection is um uh, inspection is only for, or inspection repairs will only be asked for for major issues so that the seller knows you're not going to come and nitpick them about cosmetics. No, no, that's nice. how it should be anyway.
1: I mean, everybody well, knows. But we all know it's not. Oh, <laughs> well, I love when we get the uh, inspection back and it just says here, fix all of these, and there's 24 yeah. highlighted I'm items. I'm missing two light
0: bulbs. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Don't, don't do that, guys. Number three is this is, I was would suppose actually this would be one of your terms but we're doing it separately is what type of loan are you getting
1: well and okay there, there's different kinds of FHA different kinds of conventional mm-hmm. and then of course there's VA and it could be renovation it could be rural development i mean the list goes on and on now that there's more products But I'm finding, and I don't know if you are too, but like VA and FHA are pretty comparable to conventional, even though, I mean, yes, conventional is technically a stronger buyer, but I'm having similar appraisals with them.
0: No. You're not? I am. I am. Well, as any uh, veteran who's who's bought a house knows the VA appraisal process is is no fun. It can uh,
1: be lengthy, let's
0: but I also it. yes, depends on the appraiser. yep. Uh, so i I certainly view a conventional buyer as a stronger buyer. Uh, and, and now this is something that you do have to look at. Yeah, you, you know you did not only have to look at what are your best interest rates going to be, what are your best terms, but if you' are offering a competitive property, sh- make sure that you show as the stronger sh- you know the strongest uh, loan product you can. Now that being said, uh, what I have had some success with is if I know, let's say, I know a buyer can go conventional or VA. They got some down payment money, but they they are also a veteran. Right. I will offer conventional, and then I may go the agent afterwards and say, hey, um, you know, depending on how the rate works, you know, we, we may go either way, uh, and that sometimes can help the the, the listing agent know you're strong enough to go conventional, you're just weighing your options, which is a little bit better.
1: And then you can also look at uh, something like Mishta, where you mm-hmm. do have the opportunity to go FHA or conventional with yeah. that. And it's a great down payment product. Yeah.
0: So those are definitely, you want to make sure that your loan, pro- and I know a lot of people don't think about that. Of, oh, well, why would my loan product you know affect my offer? But it definitely does. And, and it affects the strength of your well, offer. What
1: cheeses me off is the realtors that only put you know cash conventional on these properties and but they'll actually accept VA and FHA. Yeah, yeah, and it's really not going to pose a huge problem in most cases.
0: Right, the vast majority. Uh, our number four item is your down payment. Gotta know how much you're putting down. Well, and that's huge. That does
1: show strength, and that doesn't matter if you go FHA, VA, conventional, whatever. Yep. But no matter what, if you show that you're putting, you know, ten, twenty, I've seen thirty to fifty percent down. Well, guess what? You're a strong buyer and you're most likely going to close really, really quick.
0: Yep. And that's it also shows, I'll tell you this too, in the grand scheme of things, should a down payment matter on an offer? No, because it's at one point, that's what the <laughs> difference, it's basically the, the difference. But the between, seller still gets the money. The seller still gets the money, but I will say this. Number one, a, a high down payment shows me that if something goes awry and the buyer needs a little bit extra cash, they have it. You know, let's right. say they need to come up a couple of bucks over appraisal. Sure. In uh, number two, it shows me they're probably financially fairly savvy, which means I think I'm less likely to find hiccups in the underwriting process, bad debt, or, or mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So, it just can show that that buyer's a little bit more financially stable, which I think is big. Um, so, I certainly always like larger down payments.
1: Um, yeah, I, I I do like them, too, especially for my sellers. And- yeah. It just shows that you have somebody that's pretty freaking awesome.
0: Now, do I? Now, does it matter if it's the difference between ten percent and fifteen no. percent? No, I think once you're over ten percent, you're you're a strong buyer. Absolutely, very strong. Uh, and number five, number I think this five. might be the most important thing that we discuss on this video, uh, or this podcast, I guess. The is. What type of what are the Chris mentioned it earlier? What are the market conditions that you are offering around? So, is this house a very hot one hundred and fifty thousand dollars house in the Shores? Is it a house in Shelby that's four hundred and fifty thousand that's been sitting for a year?
1: Yeah, and one thing I'm I'm tired of hearing when I call I call every agent right after we get an offer as most of us do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you got a wiggle room or something? That like, oh no, this is just a starting point. Send in your darn offer. Send in something that we can ink right away. Don't play those games. I. That's my opinion, I just think I, it's a silly game to play right now when most houses are selling for ninety eight percent to ninety nine percent of what they're listed at
0: for me, that's all context. It's all you know what's the what, what you know where realistically where is the house because also houses are selling for eighty eight or eighty or i'm sorry ninety eight or ninety nine percent of their asking price, but that's not of their original asking price. so as I know we've talked about this, a lot of buyers are not offering until a property drops low enough to to have that offer. So if I'm offering on one of those properties that's stale and it's not quite where it needs to be, that's where I might be coming in, you know, significantly lower, and I'm I'm okay with a buyer doing that.
1: Yeah, but if it's on a house that's been on the market for three days and oh, yeah. you can see that there's three or four cards on, on you know inside already.
0: <laughs> yeah, mean, you don't necessarily have just, time to do silly. a lot of uh, what we call popcorn negotiating. Yeah, certainly we think that uh, uh, on a hot house time is the essence. Bring your as a buyer. On a hot house, you want to put your best foot forward right away. You don't have that time for that shot across the bow, that starting offer. Uh, You know, this house could have multiple offers. And I always tell my Mm -hmm. clients, one of the ways to beat multiple offers, give them an offer that they can't refuse right away. Absolutely. And they're not going to hang around for multiple
1: offers. And that's where where a great conversation with the listing agent right from the get-go, hey, we're looking at putting in an offer. Yeah. What are the most important things other than price to your client? Yeah.
0: Boom. You just set yourself up to succeed. Yep. And that's I think the the biggest thing about this is uh knowing who you're offering to, uh what right. you know, what, what they're looking for, uh making sure that you bring a strong offer off the bat. And also I, I would argue that it, do things correctly, so you know uh, when we submit offers, we submit everything. We submit signed disclosures, we submit agency disclosures, we submit the entire what we call the whole package. Absolutely, uh, and I think that also shows an agent that you're going to be easy to work with. You're not going; they're not going to be chasing you down for paperwork. And uh, I think it's a, a what a you don't like
1: thing. doing that. Oh, where's your seller's disclosures acknowledged by the yeah. the buyer? Oh, yep.
0: where's your lead-based paint? Causes problems later on. <laughs> How about you send me the prequel? Yeah. so these have been five things that you needed to know about writing an offer on a house and of course there could be more but these are the five we like today yeah we chose five because that's what we saw in clickbait on youtube so that's what we're going with (laughs) it works uh make sure to follow us on facebook instagram youtube uh peter touring realtor chris van bell realtor and the homes real estate podcast also on soundcloud stitcher google play itunes and uh anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time. Take care.